0: Uh, if um, if tradition holds and Malcolm Holmline is available, he'll join us two weeks from today in studio at the end of week one of our JM&AM the AM 2016 Marathon Fundraiser. That's how we keep going here each and every year, by asking everybody to generously contribute to JM&AM the AM and WFMU, and again, Malcolm will hopefully be joining us live in studio two weeks from today to uh, encourage that and to be part of the fundraising effort. Uh, meanwhile, today and, of course, next week, we are planning on regular sessions of our weekly update. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update. He's actually back from the Holy Land. Mr. Honeline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Yes, thank you. You remember what these shores look like, huh?
1: Very familiar.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so, after all these years. Um, and I hope the journey was uh, was one of great accomplishment, I'm sure. It was. I'll start with this. Oh, and I have to congratulate the uh, gentleman from Kenya who won the uh, Tel Aviv Marathon earlier today. That's right, in Israel. Now you know we've made it, Malcolm. There are marathons in major Israeli cities like any other other big city around the globe. Now you know that Israel has made it.
1: Well, the president of Kenya was there uh, last week for three days in a very important state visit. And uh, in fact, one of the things that was discussed is the upcoming 40th anniversary of the Entebbe event, and it looks like Netanyahu may well go to Uganda. Wow! For the this summer anniversary. This summer. Uh, this uh, summer, right? Exactly in July, uh, or I think we're, we may go in June. And um, and uh, I spoke to people last night in Tel Aviv or very early this morning, who told me about the mobs in the streets and and how in very positive ways and how. The spirit, despite the, some of the incidents that have taken place, that uh, the people of Israel are resilient and they're out there plugging away. And it's the same thing that we saw with people going to the hotel, people going about their daily lives. The absence is the tourists, and we have to really correct that. And I hope that everybody, everybody will. It was 74 in Tel Aviv this week. It's the weather was gorgeous in Israel, and all the time we were there. While it was four degrees here and today, again, freezing, uh, I see no reason why people, instead of Florida, go to Israel.
0: Oh, so you don't like the weather here, I see. <laughs> I well, heard,
1: as long as I don't have to shovel them.
0: Heard okay. a little resentment in your voice when you were mentioning the freezing weather here. Um, well, yes, there's no question. and We have been trying to encourage people to, in fact, do what you just suggested and get to Israel as often as possible and as soon as possible. You mentioned the incidents. More, of course, today. Uh, but as you experienced, and we did as well, and everyone seems to be experiencing uh, 99.9% of the time, and this is a something that the mayor of Jerusalem emphasized to us and continues to emphasize correctly to people around the world. Uh, when it comes to uh, episodes and incidents in major cities, Israel still is far, far down on the list, and uh, we got to keep perspective. I- I'm going to start with this. Uh, I'm sure everyone's curious about your opinion. I don't know if it's, if it's easy to give a definitive opinion. Uh, but when it has to do with terror, you're one of the experts we turn to. Should Apple unlock the cell phone of a terrorist? What do you think?
1: Look, I understand the sensitivities and the freedom of speech issues and the right of privacy. But when lives are at stake and when they're asking for one phone to be, to be opened... My inclination is that that there could be vital information there. We don't know that there ought to be court orders to do it, so it can't be just done willy-nilly. But I think that the information should be given because it, it uh, you know, afterwards, look back and regret and say, well, had we done it, it's not a, you know, a fishing expedition. You have every reason to suspect that this guy had connections to, to terrorism because he was involved in it. So... My incl- my predilection is yes,
0: and obviously uh, the um uh, the argument is i guess that you know it it starts some type of precedent slippery slope you know the the, of course, pro- the but pro- i think
1: that that's why the court order why it's why building in the protections um you know it's it's uh, think of all the investigations in the old days if people didn't have access to the property of a person or to the to be for uh, detectives to be able to scan a place. You could say it's privacy. It was a guy's apartment. You should a house. You shouldn't be allowed in. Right. Well, that's why you get a court order, and that's why you get. You have to have some protections for it.
0: Are you uh, Are you shocked that Israel has suddenly become such a major issue, especially in the Republican uh, uh, nomination process for president?
1: Well, you see, till now, the international affairs generally, including Israel, have not really been. The subject of of much intensive debate with discussion between the candidates, so I think it's natural to do so. And I don't think that, um, even though it might make uh, certain commentators uh, upset uh, that uh, they talk about Israel, uh, Israel is a key ally, and uh, the relationship with Israel is an important factor not just to Jews, but to tens of millions of Christians, to people of all walks of life who care about the relationship, and because it is a bellwether for America's involvement in the Middle East, and we see that more and more, and especially during our recent trip in in, uh, Egypt and elsewhere, and my meetings uh, this past week with with people from the region, you know, how how they view the U.S.-Israel relationship determines how many will perceive their own relationship. And if they hear candidates saying, look, we stand by our allies, it's what Putin is consistently demonstrating in his actions, which may not always appear to be in the best interest of Russia or by Western assessments, But his message to them, and the message you hear back, is Putin stands by his friends, and Putin is really ready to stand up against the the West, and now has this coalition, which some people feel is is the number one challenge, the the Hezbollah, um, Iran, um, Russian, and uh, uh, I would say uh, axis in in Syria, and the relationship that exists between them, uh, as, as a potential game changer, it will could have an impact in, in Baghdad, it can have other right. ramifications. So to, that Israel becomes an issue should should we shouldn't be ashamed of it. We should be proud of it because it, people understand the importance.
0: Yeah, not not to be too cynical, but th- let me ask it this way, and I'm not asking for a an endorsement or for you to discuss any specific candidate. But is there any reason to believe that any candidate at this point, is, is, is so much more or so much less dedicated to Israel than the other ones. When you hear all this back and forth and the major statements that are being made and people tripping over each other to, to get out the statements and to, and to make sure to say the right words when it comes to Israel, do you sort of say to yourself, there's not much difference between all this or we really have no idea what the reality is in terms of how they'll really deal with Israel?
1: Well, you can look at voting records in some of the cases, and you can look at some of the statements that uh, uh, at least one of the candidates um, in the total race, the Republican and Democrat. um, And uh, I think that there are are reasons for people to at least look for indications and a willingness to stand up publicly and state what their view is refusal to do so is, is also a statement or criticism. Uh, is a statement in an election. But we know also that if if all the promises were meaningful, we'd have 47 embassies of the United States in Jerusalem already. We would have uh, many other things. But, you know, I don't believe that a a candidate can be anti-Israel and win.
0: Yeah, I understand that. The, The Jerusalem thing, I mean, and on top of that, when you hear a candidate... Go and I'm not. I'm not singling anybody out here. That's just, just this is. I'm just. Maybe I am singling somebody out, but I'm, I'm citing a frustration that when you hear a candidate, you know, go through a list of things they would immediately do upon becoming president, and on that list, for instance, is you know the 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 um, uh, you know getting rid of the Iran deal. I, I don't even know, and I don't. I'm, I'm sure you do, but I, as a regular person, have no clue what the, you know, how procedurally one would go ahead and do that, and how easy or difficult it would be to do that. And to, oh, hear, I'm sorry. No, to hear someone just say it, you know, and as if, you know, in one sentence, in one fell swoop, it could be done. It's just, it's irritating sometimes.
1: Yes, but if you, it's, it's a smart candidate who will do it, because the latest polls show that 79% of the American people say they have an unfavorable view of Iran, versus, I think, 14% were favorable, and almost two-thirds, around 60 percent of Americans, disapprove of the Iran nuclear deal, while a third support it. So it is not an unpopular thing to do legally because, and I, I said this, and it made a headline in a lot of places when I said that in, in Israel that the next president may not be bound by it. It was in response to a question right. because it was never voted on by the Senate, and it was, it's not a treaty. The next president may not be bound by it, but right. to undo it will be difficult once you know that the Europeans and others will be so committed to this and have made deals and because their financial interests. but you should know that the deals are not flowing the way that people thought the, there's a, a lot of the banks are, are not involved and you see how Iran today is is involved in all sorts of activities that are going to alienate more and more support and uh, undermine the confidence in this deal not only because of their activities in the nuclear uh, sphere, but look at the, the announcement this week that uh, that they are paying money to the Palestinian terrorists, right. and that every family uh, of a, of an attacker gets, uh, I think, seven thousand dollars, and if their house is destroyed, they get thirty thousand right. dollars, and and you know that this is uh, we see that they, they cruise missiles, uh, that reports that they got from the Ukraine and, and the, uh, try, they're tar, trying now to buy the Sukhoi uh, uh, jet fighters from Russia, or, in fact, just buying the ability and wanting to make them themselves, which is not such a great idea for us either. But if you look at this, at the at the totality of their involvement, uh, pushing uh, Hezbollah, helping the Huranis in Yemen against the Saudi coalition, we see the Hamas delegation coming to Tehran this past week and and trying to heal the divisions because they, they need money. Uh, we see them pouring money into to ter- terrorism around the world. No diminution, no held holding to account. The uh, missile Things still have gone essentially unchallenged. And today will be a very critical day in Iran because you have an election taking place.
0: Uh, th- now, I was going to ask you, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was going to ask one, is that today? Literally today's the election? It,
1: literally today. As we speak, people are going to the polls. And the, the, uh, you know, in the last few days, Iran. True to its, uh, the regime's extremism, though pur- purported to be moderate, you know what they did? They slowed down the web speeds. They, they interfered with the Internet and with uh, TV access uh, it, because they were afraid of the, the tendencies of people. Uh, this is an election for two things. One is the parliament, which I think is 280 seats, and 88 seats on the Assembly of Experts, which is the body that will have to select it and vote for the next Ayatollah and therefore very important, and in the process they eliminated, I think, 7,000 of the candidates who were not deemed conservative enough or radical enough. Uh, they reinstated I think 1,500, but in many cases, you have only one candidate running in a race. <laughs> and, in, and in other cases, you know, you may have one or two, but the the moderates were, were so uh, supposed uh, so, you know, moderate by their standards. Um, no Ahmadinejad guys were allowed to run, but on the other hand, Y- you see that some of the extremist uh, uh, supporters were, were allowed. And what, what, is, what I hear is that the turnout in some of the areas, like in northern Tehran, is high, which is a protest vote against the, the government, whereas in the poor areas where they, where Ahmadinejad and others used to draw their support, the frustration levels are so high, the economic failure and, and the corruption and other things that they see, people are staying home. So the question will be, and, and interesting, giving interviews with their names, protesting against the government. So it will be interesting to see several things. One is the level of the turnout. Two, to whether we get the, the actual results. The, the extremists will control the, the new marshals no matter what. They, they've set that up. But the question will be who, who will control. Will, will Rouhani, uh, who is seen as a supporter also of Ratsunjani, um, the Khamenei came out and attacked them today, and they and called on people not to vote uh, in, in support of these guys. And we see the 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 um, uh, extremists that they, the, how they ha- are directing the activities around the world globally. Uh, we see some of the stuff that's coming to Hamas. You see the money for the tunnels. You see the support for Hezbollah, um, and and the payments uh, for terrorists. And the payments for terrorists. I mean, And it's, the it's, payments it's, for yeah. terrorists, but the global support of terrorism. Right. In South America, all these other places are continuing unabated. And you see a country like Saudi Arabia, you know, finally gives up in Lebanon and withdraws the $3 billion that they give to the Lebanese army, which will only strengthen Hezbollah. But, you know, they said this is a response to, the, to uh, Lebanon not, atta- not criticizing and condemning the attacks on its diplomatic missions in Iran. So Lebanon had to make a choice at that point and and um, the the saudis are are responding, but it's also uh, a more or less an act of frustration i guess and and giving up so Iran's hold in the Middle East is not diminishing at all and the uh, and the flow of money, which has started and we've seen some uh, money flowing, but I don't think it's quite as much as people anticipate
0: yeah and that, and that's i mean that, that must be uh for, for, from your perspective very positive. I think you've only predicted you know, overflowing reaction in terms of money into Iran once a deal is... No, was-
1: I think I said all along that I don't think that a lot of deals will come to fruition and that the banks, which I did report many weeks about the banks, still not being willing because of the American sanctions that are in place and there have been some additional sanctions placed on individuals related to the missile industry, related to Hezbollah. and um, But again, it doesn't take a lot of money to do what they did in regard to the Palestinian terrorists, for once. Right, right, that's true. That, that... And, and the missile program, which they've had all along, and this thing with the Ukrainian uh, um, cruise missiles that they supposedly bought, the Russian built uh, KH 53s, that, that, that have a range of about 1,500 miles. This, this goes back more than 10 years. I think mean, it's from 2001, 2002. So, um, you know, this is not stuff that they're necessarily. Uh, Necessarily doing now, and and the UN resolution, uh, you know, it's some questions about what it removed and what it left. Twenty two thirty one, but um, uh, clearly the U S can stop. U S British France can stop, for instance, the sale of the Sukhoi missiles if they decide to do so. To say up, stop the sales of parts for cruise missiles if they decide to do so, it is covered. Yeah, but what and about- the State Department put out a statement saying. That it is a violation of the arms embargo.
0: Yeah, but none of this addresses private business ventures.
1: I mean, that... no. So the private, you're right, and and there are probably going to be deals. Don't forget, it's a market of 80 million people. Right, and, people that, and that's right,
0: that's it. why I said you've described that to us. That when that but market consumer
1: of... items are never the problem. We never oppose medicines and carpets and all those things because you know that really goes to the people. Yeah, that's true. But but 45 percent of the economy is controlled by Khomeini and the Iran Revolutionary Guard. 45 percent. Which means that the deals that are coming in, they're going to make sure how they're directed and who's going to benefit. Uh, uh, from it. So we shouldn't think that just because, you know, money's going into consumer items that that doesn't go into the coffers of, of
0: Ed guys. Yeah, I mean and we and we've seen this a million times before. PLO, Gaza, you could take a Hamas, a million examples of the of the exact same thing where you know money's intended for one purpose and obviously those in control of the mafia make sure it goes whatever their purposes are. Exactly. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU Star Starring W M F U Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Of course, on the uh, NSN app, and I welcome those of you breaking records every week, it seems, on the NSN app at this point in terms of people tuned in around the world on it, and I appreciate it very, very much. What do you think of this uh, topic last night that came up about, uh, you know, obviously we're concerned about terror coming in from the south and other concerns as well when it comes to the Mexican border, but, but terror coming in from the north on the Canadian border? What do you think of that whole issue?
1: Well, you know, Hezbollah established, and if you remember, maybe 10 years ago or more, we talked about this on the air, and I said that, that Hezbollah's biggest presence at that time outside the Middle East was in Canada, it was around mm-hmm. the Toronto area and elsewhere. And in those days, we were talking about much, much more numbers than we're talking about today. Today, uh, Hezbollah's activities in South America. So the threat is in Mexico is the closest one, but they are operating all over South America. Thirty thousand at least Iranian agents. They've doubled. They've opened, I think, ninety cultural centers, which are bases of operation, etc. So the threat from the south is very real, and I think will will grow, and will be a big focus in this year year ahead. And I said that, uh, at the speech last year that in uh, into the community that. This is something you better watch because that's going to be in a new base, and we see it, it, it coming to fruition. And by the way, for another prediction, watch ter- uh, piracy in the Mediterranean, which we'll come back to. In any event, so Canada had a big presence, and the, the, because of the open border policy, which they have changed, and uh, which changed years ago, and Harper's government tried to do a lot, I think this government hopefully will, will continue that policy of being more restrictive, but there is a danger. It's a long border, and it's very hard to protect it. Wow. Um,
0: is, this, is this starting to become more real to you now? You know, over the last few months, you've emphasized, whenever I brought up the presidential election correctly so, uh, you've emphasized, uh, you know, many months away. The process is now, what, a year and a half, two years. And now it's almost March, election November, obviously Super Tuesday right around the corner. Is this now becoming more real as you watch this uh, field whittle down?
1: still uh, almost a year, uh, 11 months till, till the next president takes over. It's a long 11 months. A lot will happen in that time. I think President Obama is not going to be, let himself become a lame duck. He has agendas. He has things that he wants to do. Uh, I'm much more concerned about what our policy will be t- towards Iran. I'm much more concerned about uh, uh, how we implement the anti-terrorism policies. And uh, of course, the domestic agenda, which I don't deal with, but right.
0: the are, are there are, is there anybody on either stage where you say to yourself they can handle the future with Iran
1: they can handle well, I don't p- want to get into the political: campaign No I I individuals not there, but, are, people, there but, are people there who I think understand and who get the danger and are capable and
0: are capable enough to to lead us through what's going to be a very difficult period uh, I, you'd have to agree right if, I mean, the, the next few well, years.
1: It's hard to say where we will be a year from now. I think a lot of changes can take place. I certainly hope that you know we're not going to see uh an embassy open and we're not going to see efforts to to diminish the the strong stance against iran b um, america led but including the Europeans who seem to back off of everything and don't have the will to to stand up to things. i think the um uh, uh the the growth of terrorism, et cetera, and their activities uh, Iran's not going to sleep for a day, and I think the election there. Uh, unless it's some dramatic change, but it could send a message. It's not going to uh, bring about a dramatic uh, change. So for me, the, the real key right now is that that we have to keep focus as important as, I think, participation in the process. People should back candidates. People should support them, ask questions of them, read about them. But we can't afford for a minute to take our eyes off the real issues, which just, I mean, if you look at all the things that happen in any single week, right? Uh, it's and, so overwhelming.
0: And you've it's, seen, you've seen presidents t- take the last year off, and you've seen others really take the last year on, right? I mean, you've seen both in in, right. in and recent this history. this
1: president, because of his age, and I think younger presidents generally have to worry about their legacy. Right. I, I mean, once heard him say that his name is on the Iran bill, and uh, he said that you know I have to deal with it thirty years from now, right? What he could, He's young and he has mm-hmm. he, he, the legacy issues is something he talks about uh, a, a great deal and um, uh, I think that the the uh, you know the potential for explosions look look Syria is, is such a, a serious issue with Assad now saying he wants you know to take over the whole country the Russians obviously don't want it they don't want to get bogged down and in a greater war and on uh, the other hand this emergent coalition's and coalescence of of, uh, of powers the 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 strong line in the sand between Russia and the United States, the, and China, by the way, on the, on the side of Russia in a lot of this. Also, the the domestic things about uh, the growth of anti-Semitism. To me, that the, the, we just had a conference this, early this week in Jerusalem, uh, which I attended, which dealt with, and people from around the world came.
0: You know, it's funny, I was going to ask you what the attitude in Israel is about the whole BDS movement, and if they're watching closely what's going on in this area, and really other areas of the U.S. as well, on college campuses, etc.
1: Extremely closely. And I, I would say I, I was a little surprised about the resources the government is applying to it. And one of the things that uh, General Cooperwasser, who, who's been dealing with this at the uh, now he's at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, uh, he said you have to understand what we're facing. When he spoke to the president's conference, he talks about the connection between the knives and the BDS. He said this the knives are not popular resistance; they're terrorism, just as BDS is terrorism. Right. And he said at its core, it's anti-Semitism. Right. It is the denial of the right to Jews to have their own state, to have Mm self-determination. And and he said that people fall prey because they use these sophisticated methods, and it seems like, you know, disconnected. And uh, he talked about the incitement on Palestinian TV, talked about the underlying messages. And thank God we're beginning to see a backlash. You know, the Paris City Council adopted resolutions, which are not binding, but which condemned attempts to boycott Israel uh, in the U.K., New regulations were, were enacted to uh, allow the government to prosecute universities or student unions and others that back BDS, and, um, uh, and then a lot of leaders came out against it. But the, the, um, the proliferation of BDS is very much of concern to them, and, it's, it's, and uh, I, I have to tell you when you listen to what people around the world are doing to stand up to it, it's not the BDS so much. It's not the economic impact of the boycott, divestment, and sanctions uh, efforts. It, it is, to me, the alienation from Israel, the political implications, the propaganda which is behind it, because right. the economic impact is, is much more limited.
0: That's why it's so effective on the college campuses, because and it's really it, only those issues that are addressed. There's no you know, real economic issues that are being addressed.
1: And you saw that, this, that uh, Florida... Senate passed an anti-BDS measure by 112 to two, right. and uh, in Iowa, they, the House of Representatives by a 70 to 24 vote uh, blocked state companies from investing, state from investing in companies that are publicly boycotting. And we've had many other states and New York State uh, as well working on it. Uh, and the the uh, so there is now a reaction to BDS. Uh, something many people I know, their eyes glaze over when we talked about it what, a couple of years ago already, and kept warning that this is a growing movement. What What is dangerous is the, the expansion on campuses and how this morphs not only into anti-Israelism, but into anti-Semitism. And, you know, I know it's a term I don't like to use because it's, it's a very powerful charge, but... We have to demand that universities take greater account, and we see now faculty beginning to mobilize. We've seen a number of cases of of uh, faculty members who engage in, in really hostile uh, attacks, which would not be tolerated in other circumstances. We now have, through our lawfare project, hundreds of lawyers being made available to Jewish students. Um, the vast majority of Jewish students say that they have witnessed or experienced uh, anti Semitism on the a, on a campus. This is really a serious issue, and the BDS gave it a cover, a, a sort of um, a facade behind which to operate, but we should see what the real intent is.
0: Uh, the, uh, the Mohammed al Kik situation with the hunger strike, uh, Israel won or lost now with the, with the agreement to release him?
1: Well, it will be betrayed as, as a loss by some who do not think you should negotiate with these guys and that you just invite others to do it. On the other hand, you don't want to create a martyr. And, and you know, he's become a rallying call a point for uh, people in the, in the territories and elsewhere. Uh, it, the deal is not a bad deal. I mean, they just shortened his, his right. imprisonment from June 21st to May 21st. And he went along with it after, I think, a 90-some-day hunger strike of sorts. Um, So, you know, it's not a good thing that happened. It's not something, obviously, Israel wants to do. But on the other hand, the price of uh, of a... of creating a martyr could be much greater.
0: Yeah, no question about that. Uh UN reaction to the um uh, to the revelation, <laughs> and I don't know what kind of secret it was, that that um Iran is uh, offering this money, you know, for terrorists to accomplish what they, what they think are are good things. It was, was there, there I assume there was no official resolution or condemnation or am I wrong?
1: No, there was no there was no official condemnation mm-hmm. of uh of of Iran for this. Iran rarely gets condemned in the United Nations. And the um uh and, and nor are the you know, there were some comments about the knife of fada and, and the the which, uh term I, I use reluctantly because I don't want people to take it too lightly. You know, people paying with their lives for for this. Yep. And we've seen the numbers are high in the number I think there were one hundred and eighty eight attacks uh and uh, many others that, thank God, the vast majority of them are thwarted and and uh, and don't take place. So um, you know, it, and it, it's a serious matter because it becomes uh, a way, as as Khamenei said, of undermining the government by making life intolerable. Mm-hmm. Thank God, life is not intolerable in, in Israel, and and it's still isolated, but it's it's very painful. You saw this young guy, a father, yep. a small child. It seems every break week. Breaks your heart when you yep. read
0: it. It seems i mean not to minimize the other episodes, but it seems All as, of them. At, exactly but at least at least well whatever at whatever pace it is it, it just seems that the you know there's there's always some extra heartbreaking story if I could put it that way. Uh, Not that one is more heartbreaking than the other. Uh, New York Times, Prime Minister Netanyahu has long counted his British counterpart, David Cameron, as a staunch friend in the shrieking world of dependable allies. I like the way they put that. Yet that did not prevent Netanyahu from responding sharply Thursday to Cameron's stinging assertion that he found Israel's effective encirclement of East Jerusalem and the extent of its construction in that contested territory, quote, genuinely shocking. My friend David Cameron, who's undoubtedly a friend of Israel, seems to have forgotten a few basic facts about Jerusalem. Is Cameron still a friend or is he more of a foe?
1: I don't know where you draw the line between friend and foe, but the, the the question is whether he's really informed. And the you know when you talk about encirclement, how come he didn't talk about the Arab encirclement, the the construction of uh, by them, and and the, you look at all the new construction that's going on. And the, when you talk about the capital of a country, I mean. You know, people draw distinctions, let's say, between Judea and Samaria and East Jerusalem. Some uh, leaders, when they say, look, you're building your capital, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, a different thing than building outside. I, I know what the legal restrictions, I understand all of that. But uh, I think Cameron's comments were, were really uh, very extreme. And because he was a friend to do that, he, did he speak to the prime minister first? Did he find out what the real nature of it is? He didn't visit there and make a tour around it to find out. So how did he get the information? Who fed him this stuff? And, and uh, the truth is that a lot of the construction uh, uh, that we read about hardly takes place. You know, I, I, I looked into the, uh, you remember uh, when Biden visited, there was an announcement of a uh, new development in uh, Ramachlomo, I think it's called. And not one thing has happened since then. Yet we paid such a heavy price at PR, and the insulted vice president, and not insulted, was a low-level official made an announcement till now, and now the vice president is likely to be visiting again, uh, hopefully without any announcements at the time. That, uh, that nothing was built. The the uh, there is obviously construction going on. We see the reports of of it that the legalizing of outposts, but the the relative numbers are are not that great, and you know countries have. Uh, their understanding of the international law, their interpretations, whatever. But I think Cameron would have been wiser to talk to Netanyahu. And if so, and if he could not justify what he was doing, then he has a right to say, express his view.
0: Does he have a lot of pressure at home? We we, we always are curious about you know European countries and uh, you know the people within those countries uh, if they're. Uh, if, if they're influencing their leaders when it comes to Israel. Does he have to play to that crowd? Is that one of the reasons why he may have gone out of his way to, uh, to condemn the encirclement?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are uh, forces there. And as you know, some of his opposition are, are not very friendly to Israel. And the, um, although that the polls show that support for BDS, for instance, is, is very low, uh, but support for the Palestinians is greater than support for Israel in England by a couple percentage points.
0: Uh, this story about the uh member of parliament in Egypt that met with the uh Israeli ambassador
1: hosted him for dinner in right host,
0: hosted him for dinner right. one of the and I, we sort of spoke about this over the last couple of weeks it it's it's got to be one of the most interesting um uh relationships to watch at this point in the middle East and that's egypt Israel because it, it it's there's certainly not you know as it, it doesn't seem like they're as radical or as anti israel as other countries yet you have this you know yet you have a a group or you have a uh, th- th- yet yet there's yet there is still plenty of people it seems in the egyptian government who are you know wary of israel and are very uh, uh and
1: the egyptian people to 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 a large green all the polls uh, don't forget they've been they were fed in a, 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 a diet of constant incitement I cited to you that for the first time they have new textbooks. Right. I mentioned last week yeah. that that acknowledged the peace treaty and say that the state of war ended. This is a dramatic, to me, a d- really dramatic change in in uh, uh, in, in the country uh, that they allow it. But also pretty dramatic, frankly, was that President cc met with us for when we were there two right. weeks ago uh, for two and a half hours. But more importantly, or as important. Uh, in terms of public perception, is he, he 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 invited us to a picture, a group picture with him, and he put it out. His office put out the picture, and it's on his Facebook page. And the Muslim Brotherhood attacked him as at CC the Jew, and etc. But I think that that's a statement as well. Uh, I'm not telling you that this isn't driven by current interests. It is, but. There is a sea change, and I think he is trying to send a, a different message, including about radical Islam, by some of his activities um, uh, with, with Al-Azhar, et cetera. And he, he is trying to, I think, acclimate people by talking about the level of cooperation uh, between uh, Israel and Egypt. Look, he has to worry about a domestic circumstance that is, is really uh, economically not viable, when 50% of people make $2 a day, the tourism industry is being decimated, as it is in Turkey. Uh, and he faces challenges on, from, from the uh, challenge in Yemen, the challenge on his borders from, from the Sudan, from one side, Sinai, where he, and you see the reports now that Gazans are, are going into Sinai to fight uh, terrorists, and, and there's been recruitment and ties between ISIS and Hamas. A lot of discussion about it. He's taken real steps to close the tunnels. He's trying to Fight the terrorism, and then he has the biggest problem on the Libyan border, which gets almost no attention here. But you have now bases in Serta which I, talk, you know, we talked about four weeks ago. Uh, there are more than five thousand ISIS troops there, and some of the leading ISIS officers are going there now. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you that, that that you will see that they will start doing piracy in in the Mediterranean, like you had off the coast of Somalia. You know, they will attack uh, cruise ships; they'll attack other things. And, and it's 300 miles from certe to 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 Crete, which is part of Europe it's in Greece
0: you know what's shocking by the way and I hate to say it publicly but it, it's shocking that CC's still alive
1: it is and it's uh, not something we should take for granted right and I don't, a lot of people pray for herself because and as I said in the press this this week. Um, just think what the Gaza war would have been like right. had he not been in power. What if, 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 if right. Morsi had still been in power? Right. How many lives would have been lost? How many uh, Israeli soldiers? How much different would the the arsenal of, of Hamas and ISIS in be there? And the the presence of these uh, of of Iran would it be that much greater because he is fighting Iran. He is uh, against it. And uh, and by the way, in Libya also they've took, they took the center of a of a city called Sabrata which is. Uh, regional capital and and uh, so ISIS moved in there. They took the the center. They took over the intelligence or security building. They beheaded twelve guys, just one shot, and then they were driven out. uh... uh back out. So Libya today is a boiling cauldron, and and you know it's divided into at least three parts, but it's 147 tribes and nobody wants to take responsibility we don't talk about it the united states supposedly is involved in some clandestine operations i hope so i hope that will be expanded because uh, libya will, will will greatly affect egypt's security tunisia's security this is again a cancer that spreads the instability there and from there into africa uh, all of these things, and when we met meet African leaders, I mean, they're they're apoplectic about the dangers that comes from this.
0: And I'm sure Israel is watching it very closely, as they are everything else. Three hundred and sixty degrees around And they are building Israel.
1: ties in Africa. They are working with every day. And and uh, President Sisi said to us, if if uh, when Sadat came forty years ago, no one could have imagined that we would have this level of cooperation and coordination with Israel. That's true. And, and uh, that 1,000 Egyptian tanks go into the Sinai, and Egyptian warplanes fly every day along the border of Israel, and nobody has to worry about a stray All right. bullet.
0: All right. Oh, got to continue next week. Thank you. God Sorry. willing. God willing is right. There's <laughs> so much to do. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Unbelievable, I'll tell you.